0: Sunday is not only the most important day of the Christian year, but also the first Sunday of a series of eight Sundays that ends with Pentecost. During these eight weeks, we celebrate the victories the risen Christ won for us. These victories are Easter gifts given to bring about the growth of a new people, gifts that continue to make us new today. So with shouts and songs of Alleluia, we celebrate the gifts of the risen Christ and present this sermon, recently delivered at Grace, to you. Christ is risen! Do you know what a lumen is? I found this definition. A lumen is a unit of luminous flux... In the international system of units, that is equal to the amount of light given out through a solid angle by a source of one candela intensity radiating equally in all directions. Huh? Basically, lumen equals brightness. Years ago, we would talk about light bulbs and lights in terms of watts. Watts measure energy use. But nowadays, there's such things as LED lights that shine out with less energy. So lumens have entered the jargon. Lumens don't measure energy use, they measure brightness. So a little night light that you've got in the hallway shines out with about 15 lumens so you don't stub your toe when you're tiptoeing at night to go to the kitchen in the middle of the night to get a snack. A standard house lamp bulb shines out with about 800 lumens. A car light, 1,000 to 2,000 lumens. Some searchlights during World War II cast out 800 million lumens and could be seen 30 miles away. The question is, how many lumens, how much brightness, how much light do you need to go from the darkness of sin and death to the light of God's love and life? The answer is in today's first reading, which I shared with you from the lectern in the book of the Acts of the Apostles in chapter 9. The evidence is in. The living Lord lights up our lives. The living Lord lights up our lives. If your kids were playing with matches or experimenting with fentanyl or getting involved in something else that would get them in big trouble. Wouldn't you have a conversation? That kind of behavior puts them in darkness, like walking barefoot in pitch dark on a street covered with broken glass. You wouldn't want your kids to do that. If we are okay with our selfish and self-centered moods and statements and doings, if we are okay with living like we're the only ones who count, if we're okay thinking that we've got enough light on our own to find our way through life and maybe to eternal life, that is darkness. Like walking barefoot in the pitch dark on a street covered with broken glass. And the dangerous part would be if we don't realize it, or worse yet, if we do, not caring. The Bible writer Luke introduces us to a character named Saul. We're at about one year after our Lord Jesus had risen from the dead. And Saul is presented here as a rather unpleasant character. Okay, he's downright Nasty and disgusting. If you and I were Christians living back there in the first century, he would be public enemy number one. Saul was breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He dutifully went about his business, which he thought was doing the will of the Lord. He saw himself as enlightened. There weren't too many people as bright in Israelite rules As he. There weren't too many people who had attained the lofty status of being a Pharisee. And Saul would say, Well, I'm not just good, I'm better than others. In fact, I'm the best. God is probably up in the clouds, smiling at me, because I'm so good at keeping all of his rules. And Saul took it even a step further. He had the ear of the high priest. And so he used time and energy to get rid of those pesky Christians. He even got permission to travel up north, across the border, into Syria to track down Christians and extradite them. He went to the high priest and asked for letters to the synagogues in Damascus so that if he found any there who belonged to the way, remember Jesus called himself the way, the truth and the life, people who followed Jesus were part of the way. He's looking for people in the synagogues who followed the way, whether men or women, so he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. Saul was in darkness. He's barefoot, in the pitch dark, walking in a street covered with broken glass. But as he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. The Lord's light, the living Lord, lit up Saul's light with lumens more powerful than the noonday sun. Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. The living Lord should have blasted him with lumens and energy, like from a lightning bolt. He should have jumped him, dumped him right into the pit of hell right there, simply because he was leading Christians to death who had done nothing else other than trust in Jesus. But Jesus said, I am Jesus, whom you're persecuting. Now, get up. Go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. He who saw himself as so high and mighty had now been knocked low. And he had to admit, I'm not just a sinner. I'm the worst sinner, the chief of sinners. He who had seen himself as so enlightened now had to admit, all along I've been in spiritual darkness. Made all the more real as he He had his physical sight taken away temporarily. Saul got up from the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he could see nothing. He who had led Christians to prison and to getting pummeled by rocks now had to be led by the hand into Damascus. He who had seen himself as living such a righteous life now had to admit that he was a dead man walking and that he needed the miracle of his sins paid for. And the miracle of a truly righteous life pasted onto his unright life in order for God to accept him. But that's exactly what Jesus did. He who had been an enemy of Christians and thus an enemy of Jesus was now a friend of God. The living Lord lit up his life and changed his status from enemy to friend. Changed his status so that he was now living with God and for his God. The Bible is God's love letter to us so that we know how he connects himself to us. But the Bible also reveals some truths that are downright shocking. And one of the most shocking truths of the Holy Scriptures is that the young people who will be affirming publicly their trust in Jesus in our next worship service are just like all the rest of us. Born into this world, blind, dead, and enemies of God. And I don't mean just distant, far away, in a land, far away, opponents of God. I mean personal enemies of God. Inside each one of us is a Kim Jong-un and a persecuting Saul. I hate that. I hate that. I have to admit that my inborn sinful side puts me on the same level as a shooter named Tristan Terrell in North Carolina and on the same level as a persecutor in Damascus. But it's true! And our evil nature inside leads us into all kinds of evil. Maybe not visible on the outside, but in our minds. Yet God knows and God sees what's going on in there. Humanly speaking, wouldn't you admit that adultery is worse than lust? But from God's view, they're the same. Humanly speaking, stealing certainly is worse than greed, right? But from God's view, they're the same. Humanly speaking, murder certainly is worse than hatred, but from God's view, they're the same. Our sinful nature puts us barefoot in pitch dark, walking on a street covered with broken glass. Only a miracle could change Saul. It happened. And only a miracle can change us. (laughs) It happened. Maybe you and I weren't knocked off a horse by a brilliant light from heaven. But a miracle no less spectacular happened to you and to me. It's called baptism. At our baptism, the Lord changed our status. And he changed us from being spiritually blind to spiritually now seeing Jesus as our only help and rescue, as our Savior. Changed us from being spiritually dead to being spiritually alive and connected with God, changed us from being enemies of God to being His friends. The living Lord lights up our life. He changed us. The word charge is an interesting word in the the English language. It can have different various meanings depending on the setting. If you say the word charge... While you're shopping, it means, put it on my bill. If you're talking about electricity and force fields, then charge has to do with imparting and importing power. Like if your batteries are low, they need to be recharged. But the word charge can also take on a third meaning. When you put it into the setting of a battle, And into my mind comes the scene of Teddy Roosevelt and his famous cry in the Battle of San Juan Hill in 1898, which, interestingly enough, is endearingly portrayed in Joseph Kesselring's 1939 play, Arsenic and Old Lace, with a character whose elevator doesn't go all the way to the top floor, is seen during the play running up the steps yelling, Charge! In that sense, charge means to go forward boldly. Besides the charge that God had given to Saul to go into the city and wait to find out what he was going to be told, there were other charges in this Bible account. In Damascus, there was a disciple named Ananias. The Lord called to him in a vision, Go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man named Saul, A man from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying. And Ananias was understandably concerned. I have heard many reports about this man and all the harm he has done to your holy people in Jerusalem. And he has come here with authority from the chief priests to arrest all who call on your name. Imagine being in Ananias shoes shoes, or his sandals. Oh, no, you're supposed to make me go talk, talk to this persecutor. But the Lord charged up Ananias and gave him a charge. Go. This man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings and to the people of Israel. The living Lord lit up Ananias' life with the saving message of his love, which he needed because he would be in danger of God's anger too. Lit up his life, charged him up, and gave him the charge to go. And he did. Then Ananias went to the house and entered it, placing his hands on Saul. Imagine he's probably shaken right now, right? (laughs) What's this guy going to jump? Oh, he's blind. Maybe he's going to jump up and get me anyway. But he reaches out and he puts his hand. Brother Saul, the Lord has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and he could see again. He got up and was baptized And after taking some food, he regained his strength, the light from the living Lord, which had already changed Saul's status, now charged up his batteries. The saving light of Jesus had come to him through holy baptism to reinforce this change on the inside and charge him up. It took him from death to life and gave him new life, a new lease on life, so he wanted to follow the Lord. Ananias was told by God, I will show him, I will show Saul how much he must suffer for my name not suffering not suffering to pay for sins Jesus did all that already but suffering willingly as a messenger for Jesus light because of all that Jesus had done for him and for everyone the living lord lit up Saul's life and charged him to go and go he did sure enough at once he began to preach in the synagogues that Jesus is the son of god Saul grew more and more powerful and baffled the Jews living in Damascus by proving that Jesus is the Messiah. The young people who will be publicly affirming their trust in Jesus in this next worship service have not reached a decade and a half on this planet. Their future is ahead of them. All the possibilities that life can bring, their dreams are out there to be fulfilled. And yet also facing them very soon is stepping into high school and moving to the bottom of the totem pole and facing pressure from peers to conform and be cool and facing pressure from their parents to perform and match up to their expectations. How am I to handle this? Who am I and how can I connect with others? What's to become of my life? All these questions for those teens find their answer in the Lord's light, which is not just for kids and teens, but for all of us. Are there days when you feel low with hardly enough energy to take care of your own self, much less help others? Are there days when your spiritual batteries need to be recharged and you need a little sense of purpose and meaning for your life? Look to your risen Lord, He recharges our batteries every day with confidence and courage and the joy to follow Him. The Living Lord lights up our life and charges us to go, to go forward in our life boldly and joyfully, to connect with others, to love others, to care for others. The Living Lord lights up our life. He's changed us on the inside and He charges us to go. But don't worry. When the service is over today, you won't be handed a quiz to see if you remember how many lumens it takes for a nightlight to shine, or a house lamp, or a headlight, or a searchlight. But you do need to remember how many lumens, how much brightness, how much light it takes to live with God. Look to the living Lord Jesus. He lights up our lives. Christ is risen! listening. To learn more about God's grace or to support this ministry, please visit gracedowntown.org today. This grace is for you.